Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West End podcast with me, Will Pugh, and James Jones. West Ham United seem determined to get relegated from the Premier League this season. Certainly, it would appear. David Moyes seems determined to get West Ham relegated this season. A 1-0 defeat away at improving Wolverhampton. One was disappointing and left West Ham, or moved West Ham, in fact, into the bottom three. Wolves leap above us into 16th. That's us, Everton and Southampton, all on 15 points in the bottom three. Relegation places in the Premier League. West Ham with a goal difference of minus 10. Uh, only one better than Everton's. Keeping us, uh, and uh, seven better than Southampton's, to be fair, keeping us off the bottom spot in the Premier League. You look at those two teams and everyone up and down the country is saying how bleak of a season they've had. No one, it seems, has really been pointing the finger too much at David Moyes and at West Ham in general. But those stats do not lie. 19 games, we're at the halfway point of the season and we're in the bottom three. We're below Bournemouth, we're below Wolves, we're below Leicester, Leeds, Nottingham Forest, Crystal Palace and Aston Villa teams who are not better run clubs necessarily. Certainly not many of those teams, if any, have got better squads of players than West Ham United have got. We've had two fantastic seasons, though the signs were coming at the end of the last campaign that things were not quite right when we failed to win a game after that historic victory away at Lyon in the Europa League. James Jones, I'm delighted to see you again, mate. And unfortunately, the circumstances only seem to have got worse at West Ham. OK, it was a 1-0 defeat to Wolves. We unanimously agreed last week, you more begrudgingly than me, that if David Moyes failed to get a result, or for actually what we said was if he loses at Wolves, his time is up. He has lost at Wolves. You said you would have let him carry on for one more game if he got a draw. We didn't get that draw. We've lost 1-0. All right, it's an away game, but it's a fellow relegation rival. Oh, didn't really see... Much there, really, that suggests anything's going to change soon and it's getting more and more daunting, particularly with those fixtures we've got coming up in February. I think it's time for a change to be made now. 
um, I understand there's some reports, all be them spurious, uh, that you know West Ham haven't done any work behind the scenes in terms of getting a new manager. But look, you know, I, I'm not being funny. I appreciate that the running of the club has, has still been going. They wanted to show faith in Moyes. David Gold's obviously his recent passing. There's no doubt that won't have had an effect uh, either just logistically, emotionally, one way or the other. Not making excuses, but we've heard that from clubs before. They, they wanted to stick with Moisey. Um, I'm of the opinion it's time to make a change. Your thoughts? I know you said leave it to the Everton game. If we get a draw, we didn't get a draw. What do you think? How are you? We'll do all the, we'll do all the pleasantries in a minute, but immediate Moyes thoughts, please. Uh, I've, got, I've been dreading this chat since Saturday afternoon. Um, I tweeted not long after the full-time whistle that you know, it, it genuinely breaks my heart to admit it, but yeah, I, I, I can't see how he continues. I, I don't, I'm a little bit upset that he's still in the job now. I've I've read mm. reports this morning that that they're going to keep him until and, and make a decision after the Everton game. It gives them a week to draw up a list of a list of potential replacements. But what they've been doing, like this is this isn't like I know what you say. Like obviously the David Gold thing, obviously that's you know of course it's not been a, probably not been a priority for those on the board at the moment. But I find it hard to believe uh, in the modern game. The way it is right now, and the the very very short lifespan of managerial positions in the modern game, the clubs do not always have a backup list of managerial targets if things go wrong unexpectedly. Now this mm. is an unexpected situation that we're in after the last two seasons we've had. No one saw this coming. No, you and I didn't sit there in the summer and go, "Oh, I wonder if Brevin Moore will get sacked this this year." Six months later, we're going. Why hasn't he been sacked yet? Yeah. Um, and clubs really, despite whether things are going brilliantly, should should really, given the situation that, given the way football is these days, how things can turn very quickly, they should have a list of targets going right. If it goes wrong in the next six months, we're going for him, or we're going for him, or we're going for him. The fact that it's, it appears that they're only just beginning to start considering who a replacement might be and drawing up a shortlist um, is concerning. Um, and and that, it means that they've got another week with Moyes there. It's very clear he's lost the dressing room. But the fact is, and I was saying this to uh, to my father-in-law over the weekend, that the, ver- the, fact, the fact is, is that it's, we didn't really sell anyone in the summer. It's the same squad of players as the last two seasons. Mm. All we did was bring in five or six players, five or six very good players. Um, some of which were on the bench at the weekend. Our record signing was on the bench, right? Um, right. So it's the same squad of players. So you've got to look at it and go. He's lost the dressing room one way or another. Something's gone on behind the scenes that's meant that, that that group of players that worked so well under him for two years have decided or don't feel like it or whatever, it's not working for them under him anymore. Are you talking about our record signing, mate? Sorry. Skamaka. He's not our record, is he? He's only like 30 million quid. Paquetta's the record, isn't he? Oh, Paquetta's the record, yeah. Oh, Halle, sorry. yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, um, but, sorry, I was just confused. I was like, I'm sure Paquetta started. Yeah, yeah, Paquetta did start. Sorry, <laughs> Not to I, take I away confused. from your point. But, yeah. I get confused with all these world-class players we've got, but we're still <laughs> in the bottom three, you know? I just don't, don't get yeah. confused at all. But 
the, the fact, yeah, like, is it is it a starting player for Brazil, England, or Italy? Italy, that I'm getting confused. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. but you know what I mean though. Is essentially it's the same squad of players. Jared Barron's still starting every single starting every single Premier League game this season. Hmm. Um, Sue Farrell's still there. Fabregas is still sitting the stick somehow at the age of fifty-eight. Like there's, like, we've still got the same squad of players with three, four, five better players that have been bought in the summer for 175 million quid to make the team better. For some reason, oh. that hasn't happened. So that tells me that something's gone on behind the scenes that has stopped these players playing for him. Now, the fact that the club weren't prepared enough, to, to which means that we've now got another week leading up to an even bigger game this weekend of essentially what we can probably expect is the same thing going on behind the scenes. Mm. Um, isn't good enough for me. Like, it, it's frustrating because they had six weeks over a World <clears> Cup <throat> and the situation's worse since the World Cup ended. But yeah. when we went into that World Cup, we hadn't won in five games. Uh, that was when they should have gone, maybe we should start thinking about uh, replacements just in yeah. case it doesn't get any better. Draw a and list up, shall we, lads? Just yeah. draw a list up quickly. They, Look, they, if you got you got an hour, I know you're watching uh, Senegal versus Morocco. But yeah. If Come just, on. Do, do just in half time. Just, just have a little look. Yeah, just have a scout round Europe, yeah, see, just, see who's about. Even yeah, just yeah. pop on Wikipedia and look yeah. at what the class managers or something. Just look at their honours or something. Just go, yeah, you might <laughs> just be available. Go, just Google, yeah, good yeah. managers. Good yeah, managers. Yeah. Like, Gold.com have probably got a list of the 20 best managers right now or something. 100%. Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Like the fact they, that we're led to believe that they haven't done that, it's just another thing that's gone on at the club. It just doesn't make sense. I will. And I, I will really, add. I really James. thought we were over this. I thought. I thought what happened over the last two years. I thought finally, we're being run like a proper football club. We're playing good football. We look like we're progressing as a football club, not just on the pitch but off it. It was all looking like it was working, and then suddenly, one hint of it all going wrong, and then everything else falls down with it, and. It's just it's a shambles. It really is a shambles. I think. Okay. Well, uh, fair enough. But what I, what I would say, and that, those are fairly scathing remarks from you. What I would note is that the report where I read that was from a spurious, shall we say, uh, sort of West Ham news account uh, with a track record of, of perhaps being on one side of the argument, right? Yeah. And then what oh, yeah. I actually did, um, what I also read in the build-up to this podcast, uh, was a report from a, an actual well-respected football journalist in Jason Burt from The Telegraph, who says that Rafael Benitez and Nuno Espirito Santo are two of the names West Ham are considering as, as replacements. I mean, one... Um, well, a good friend of mine, Late Norwich supporter, I've mentioned him on the podcast before, who takes great joy in um, any uh, West Ham struggles, such as his completely confusing and baffling hatred for the club, despite <laughs> the fact that 50% of Late Norwich's fan base are West Ham season ticket holders yeah. who go yeah. when we're playing away. Um, he delighted in telling me uh, over the weekend that West Ham are considering Nuno Espirito Santo and Rafa Benitez <laughs> to replace David Moyes. Um, now, I, I'll be honest, I, I genuinely, I don't think that's correct, that they haven't. 
You know what I mean? It's a multi-billion pound business, James. I don't believe for a second, even if it is a quick scan on gold.com, uh, but I don't believe an exercise or there isn't an idea within the football club of potential replacements if it comes to it. I do believe yeah. that they, the club is desperate not to let David Moyes go, obviously oh. for financial reasons, but you do get the impression, Jonesy, that there's a genuine, I know I know for a fact about some some bust-ups behind the scenes between um, manager and board and, and owners and that sort of stuff. But that, that's not abnormal. People go, oh, yeah, shock. You know, Sullivan and Brady, this and that. It's not abnormal. Like managers and owners and boards fall out all the time up and down the country at Premier League level um, and below. That, that happens. So it's not unique to West Ham or necessarily a bad reflection on the board. But... I, I, so I also do genuinely think, given what's happened in the last two years, that there's a genuine respect there. You can tell that, can't you, right? You can tell when you listen to managers talk in press conferences. You can tell when they're just, and they're asked about owners or the board. You can tell when they're just saying the things they have to because they're media trained. And you can tell when they're saying things because they mean it. And I think there is a mutual respect there. Um, and, or certainly has been. <clears throat> I do think the club are, are desperate to hold on to David Moyes. And I, I don't believe that there's not a, a, a list of potentials if they were to get to that stage where they had to get rid of him. I, I just, it just, I was explaining this the other day, Jonesy, um, to someone who doesn't know anything about football, uh, just how sad I am that it's time for David Moyes to go because he's given us the greatest memories of the modern era as a West Ham fan. He made us all proud in our, of our team again. He united a fan base behind the team in a way we certainly haven't seen since we've been at the London Stadium. We hadn't felt like it had under David Moyes since Slavin Bilic in that last season. There was obviously other factors there. <clears throat> Moisey got us feeling that way just because of the football and just because of the team. And I read an absolutely outstanding quote um, at the weekend. I think I actually retweeted it on our the We Are West Ham account. It was there was a video of Moisey walking across the pitch in the empty um, stadium away at Leon after the game, empty other than us lot three and a half thousand West Ham fans in the top corner singing "We've Got Super David Moyes" at the tops of our voices. One of the greatest moments of my life, let alone. <clears throat> just of 2022 and uh the the quote at the top simply said you either die a hero or you live long enough uh to see yourself become the villain mm. and and that's what's happening now and uh, i i find it really galling to read all of the vitriol at david moyes that mm. i see on on west ham social media i i am now of the opinion it's time to make a managerial change at west ham however if if anyone is labouring under the delusion that you know what is what may what appears to be happening now taints Moisey's record or that will be his lasting legacy, they are delusional because that man has given us West Ham fans stuff that we'd hoped and dreamed of for for decades, and I, I do think it's time to make a change. I will be annoyed if those sort of names that are being mentioned are the potential replacements. But I am a bit worried now that 
it seems like inaction, and especially where we are in the league, where three points could be the real difference at the end of the season. It feels like one of those where even if you get rid of him and put, I don't know, I don't know, would you put Nolan in charge maybe? Or just one of those things. You see it just for Everton, just for Everton I'm talking about. Just where you see that, don't you? When the manager gets sacked and the players, like Bournemouth happened, didn't it? They sacked Scott Parker. Gary O'Neill takes over a few games because the players like him. And all of a sudden, that next game, they're trying their socks off and they run an extra kilometre or two. They try a bit harder. Um, but yeah, I, I just it's time for a change. But people relishing sort of giving him both barrels is really yeah. confusing because he deserves nothing but our respect. I, I completely agree with you on that point. Um, I will forever be thankful to the man for giving us the last two seasons, particularly that night in Lyon. Hmm. Um, like, that night in Lyon was beyond any of our wildest dreams only 18 months earlier. Hmm. So for us to be in Lyon and see us win 3-0 to get into a, a European semi-final, um, in the way that we did it, like, he, he was responsible for that and I will forever be thankful to him. I'll always respect him. But you're right. There has to be a time when you've got you've got to make a change for the good of the club and the good of the future of the club. Um, and that, that change has to be made as soon as possible. Mm. And I think he, he he knows it deep down. Like he knows that he's, he's taken us as far as he can possibly take us. He knows deep down. I think I that I don't agree. I don't think he I, does. I, I, the fact that he's not really changing his approach at by yeah <laughs> suggests, suggests to me that he knows that whatever he does isn't going to work. Like he changed it but for, for, but he, changed he, it for one game. Too late now. He changed it for one game, and we we lost. We looked good up until the twentieth minute against Brentford, and lost still. Um, and then he just reverted back to the same old, same old. Um, we weirdly managed to win win at Brentford in the FA yeah. Cup. Um, yeah, the one that didn't which, matter, yeah. which still baffles me a little bit. Um, but it's just nothing's really changed. It just doesn't, we just don't look good going forward. We look terrible at the back. Our heads drop when we go one nil down. Um, yeah, yeah, it ha- they have to make a change. And you're right, the the if the, that shortlist is correct, then. My God. Yeah, I know, mate. Right. Yeah. <laughs> My God. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Look, one one thing I would say, Jonesy, just to, to I mean, it does feel like uh, you know, like spitting in the wind a little bit at this stage. We're we're led to believe Skamaka didn't start because he hadn't fully recovered from an injury. You wouldn't have brought him on as late as he did if that wasn't true. So and you can only play Mikel Antonio up front. Michael Antonio, we're led to believe, has been throwing his toys out the pram because he hasn't been playing after he was the one who called for another striker. Um, last season or whatever it was, or over the summer. Uh, so, I mean, Michael Antonio, and, and look, I major respect for Antonio, very good goal rate, West Ham's record Premier League scorer, um, all of that sort of thing. Lots of respect for what he's done at the club, genuinely loads. But once again, same as the Moyes situation, his time is past. His time as a Premier League front and his past. He has been ineffective for months, Jonesy. Bordering on years, isn't he? Really, genuinely. Mm-hmm. Like it, he really, really has. And it's that doesn't I think people get confused with 
you know, saying that Moises' time's up now or that Antonio's passed it, that it means you're disrespecting these people. No, it doesn't. I've got huge respect for what both of those men have done for West Ham. Someone said to me the other day, I was moaning, sort of saying about Antonio. I was moaning. I don't know why I corrected myself there. I was definitely moaning. Um, he was like, oh, you know, yeah, but he's, he's scored loads of goals for the club. Um, I said, yeah, so has Trevor Brookin, but we're not starting him <laughs> on the wing or up front, are we? Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. Um, you know, Paolo Di Canio was amazing for West Ham, but we're not giving him a call. Like, do you, do you know what I mean? Um, I, I just think, and the, this Fabianski trope, and again, all of these things just seem really insignificant, mate, don't they? Uh, but the Fabianski trope, I really don't understand because I don't see that he's made any mistakes. I don't see that he's made any huge cock-ups. But people just like, I think it's one of them people. And Cresswell, people just start saying, oh, change for change's sake, as if these players have done anything bad when they haven't. Yeah, no, I, I agree on the on the Fabianski front. Um, you said it. <laughs> what do you mean I said it? I didn't say anything. You just said it just now. You the one who said... Fabianski's somehow still in goal at the age of 58. Yeah, I mean, well, they bought uh, Alphonse Arioli. Big, a, big Alphonse. Yeah, to be his replacement. Poor bloke keeps diving the wrong way, but that's not the point. <laughs> they, they they bought him, surely, a younger goalkeeper to come in and replace him. And then anyone loaned for a year. And he's like, right, okay, we'll buy him permanently. That must mean he's going to be number one next year. No, he's still, still the cup goalkeeper. What's the point? <laughs> What's the point? Um, well, World Cup runner-up as well. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You've got fat, Poland never got anywhere near the World Cup. Come on. <laughs> That's because he's retired. They would have yeah, done with Big Fab. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. What I mean is that he hasn't really made any mistakes, but... like. You should be looking if you're bringing in replacements, which is obvious what he's done. Then you play him, right? You just play him. Yeah, Tom um, Thomas Suchek still getting a run out. It's, it's madness, isn't it? Big Tom, like bless him. I love the bloke, right? but he just shouldn't be there. He, he shouldn't no, be he there. Just shouldn't, he just needs a rest or like just, just a period of time or... out of the team. Stop just frying him back in. He like throw him into the fire. He staggers out. So I'm putting little, like, he's sort of half on fire. And then Moisey just douses him down, gets rid of the flames and slings him back into the heart you know, of the I, inferno again. You know what I've week. noticed now? You know what I've noticed is that, because he used to do 90 minutes three, three times a week, didn't he? He used to just, mm. just do 90 minutes. Now yep. he's getting about 70 minutes. And as his rest, he's getting 20 minutes off a week. Um, yeah, so exactly. rather, rather than dropping him, Maurice has gone, look, I, can't, I don't really want to drop you because you're my favourite. So checks like why I'm rubbish. Yeah, so, so I don't want to drop you because you're my favourite. My favourite yeah. in the whole wide world. So what yeah. we'll do to give you your rest, I'll just bring you off on the 70th, 70th, 75th minute. Get in the bath early, mate. Get you rubbed down early because you're playing <laughs> again. You start playing another seventy minutes in four days' time, um, and that's what he's, that's what he's decided to do. And then poor old, yeah. I don't know, four hours is coming off the bench and running. He's running probably more than Suchek's done in fifteen minutes, <laughs> running around like headless chicken trying to save a game. Bless him. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, yeah, it's just the whole thing is just a little bit silly. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, it just fit- it's it's clear now that you need a manager to go in there, new manager with new ideas. Um, no fate, no favourites. Just going right. This is how we're gonna. This is how yeah. we're gonna approach things. And yeah. not not scared of upsetting players. No, no, there's no, no. Definitely, there's no um, affiliation with anyone. Just comes in, rocks the boat a little bit, and goes right. This is what we're gonna do from now on. If you don't yeah. like it, you're out. Um, yeah. And I think then then we'll see a nice. I'm because we're good enough. We've got the players. 
we'll see. I'm pretty sure if we get the right person in, we'll mm. see a, a very, very quick improvement. All right then, Jonesy. Um, what do you do? What do you would you be happy with a short term appointment till the end of the season? Little boost, save us, solidify, keep us in the prem, see what we do in the conference league, um, and maybe the FA Cup and go from there. Not right because it's not right in the season off doing that, and then go in that period of time. You then obviously, if the new person impresses, then fine, but it gives you that breathing space if you're going to make a big sort of longer term appointment or whatever, it gives you a bit of time in which to do that. Do you do that or do you try and rush one in now? Because I'll be honest, I wouldn't be too disappointed or disheartened because I think there's enough of a season left. There's only there's a half a season left uh, to give like a temporary manager a bit of time to like, you know, stamp his authority on the team or, or whatever. Uh, what, what would you prefer? I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that was the worst idea in the world. Um, doing a temporary option with the view of if they do well, keeping them on, or if not, it gives you time to get someone else in. Yeah, I'm undecided on this. I'm undecided because um, it's more if you bring someone in short term. Um, and I, I again, it's all it all rests on who that person is. Mm. Like, I know you made the point about Kevin Nolan and like. Comparisons with what Gary Neil Gary O'Neill done at Bournemouth, and so well, he might even go with Moyes. He might need to be fair, but yeah, yeah. I just, I, I, it's got to be a manager that's probably experienced in being in the in the situation that we're in at the moment. Mm. And unfortunately, the only man on that list is Sean Dyche, and I, I just don't, I don't see him getting the best out of the players that we've got. Um, I might be I, wrong. You know what, mate? I, I, I might be wrong. <clears throat> I am sort of half tempted to go. I genuinely, he's the sort of man, if it was a temporary till the end of the season, I'd be happy enough with Dyche because I think he is going to keep us up if if he came in. And I would, people keep saying, and I know it's a cliche and I'm really scared of falling into this like cliche and saying something that like, you know, that half-headed Harry on um, Twitter, like, types out in capitals or whatever i like to think that some of my football opinions are, are reasonably well informed i do i am really falling into the sean dyche pr trap of see what he can do with better players see what he can do not on a budget and i, I do and again i appreciate it's probably his team pumping out stuff like that um, to make everyone like you know, so, so he gets another sniff at a, a bigger job. But I am sort of half thingy to go. He did do a really good job, given the constraints he had at Burnley. Mm. I wouldn't be too miffed, given the situation we're in, for us to be the club that go. All right, Sean, you got till you got till the summer. Right, priority number one, keep us up. Uh, these are the players you've got. If you can work with them brilliantly, and or if you can work with them, brilliant. Um, see how you get on, and then you know if if he shows enough, then perhaps you go right. Okay, well, they're not going to go out and spend big in the summer, but I've got a fe- I got a feeling, mate, that of certainly Rice, Paqueta, and Skamaka, I'll be stunned if more than one of those is still with us at the beginning of the next season. Mm. Um, but I, I wouldn't be too miffed. It was Sean Dyche, you know what I mean? What what I don't understand. 
don't understand is that we're not we're not looking at the likes of um the likes of Wolves, uh, the likes of Brighton, mm. and looking at what they've done managerially and going, right, we need a bit of that. Yeah. Right. Like we need to go, right, okay, well let's let's identify the best upcoming managers in Europe mm. that <coughs> that have a record or are showing signs of being able to play a style of football that suits our current squad and the mm. ability of our current squad. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Um get me in, pay the money. You're right, mate. <laughs> yeah, I've got a ticket at the back of my throat. Probably <laughs> having an absolute meltdown. <laughs> One of the professional podcast outfit here, mate. It does help you out. <laughs> you don't Someone call an ambulance to borrow wood. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm keeling over here. Um, I appreciate it doesn't go out for a few hours. And if Jonesy's dead, then it won't go out at all because he edits them and publishes them. But... <laughs> I know. I know. Um, yeah, but I, I just don't understand how, why we're not, it, we're seemingly not going down that route of going, right, let's identify the best young managers in Europe. Which ones are gettable? Which ones play a style of football that suits our squad and the, the ability of our squad and our star players? Mate, Ruben Amarim, sport in Lisbon. I've been saying it for a while. I've seen a lot I'm of really, people talk really about Tedesco and, and managers like that. And it's like, well, what? okay, well, he's he's a free agent, Tedesco, isn't he? Mm. So, like, okay, well, go and get him then. Throw money at him. Like, it's not not super short of a few, Bob. Like, we just released our accounts. We're in really good shape at the moment financially. Chuck some. Yeah. So, but instead, you'd be seeing a short list of Sean Dyche, uh, Marcus Alonso, Rafa Benitez, and the Spirit of Santo. And it's just like, what world are we living in? Like, we Mate, want to be a better football club. We want to be that Spirito public Santo. seventh, at least top seven every single year. Mm. And then we go, oh yeah, well, we might just get Sean Dyson after David Moyes to start. Mate, I'd, look, look, Dyson, Sean Dyson no is the only to one Dyche. I wouldn't mind. It's no disrespect to Sean Dyson either. Like, he did a great job at Burnley, given the resources he had, but come on. I, I just fear, I fear for, I, I, I think the whole house of cards is going to collapse a little bit now because I fear Lucas Paqueta, who the, the, the rumours are, that he had a bigger move than that lined up, which fell through. And then it was like, West Ham's your only option left on the table. And obviously he was he was significantly improving his wages from Leon. Leon wanted to do the deal as well. West Ham were paying, willing to pay the money. So they did the deal. I don't, I think Paqueta was like, oh, all right, fine. If I can't go to, like, if it was a bigger Premier League club. Um, not actually sure. I don't think I've read, I think the Leon president came out and said there was a bigger Premier League club interested. I heard it was And he Arsenal. basically admitted. Yeah, but potentially. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, whether it, just, whether it was Arsenal, Chelsea, whoever it might have been, I think Paqueta just sees it as a, a win-win situation. He gets a bump up in his money straight away and he gets himself in front of, or he gets himself on in the eyes of Premier League fans and other Premier League clubs every every week if he doesn't go well he just goes well look, i start for brazil so it's not me it's the it's not me it's the club um and then someone will still take a chance on him um and if it does go brilliantly well he goes you know yeah look look how good i am i'm better than west ham so i'll move anyway 
I'll be and and again, I, that that's where I worry about bringing someone like Sean Dyche in. You got Italy's number nine up there. Brazil's number seven. Obviously, Declan Rice is going in the summer. Um, I think you then go. They they then go. Who? Sean Dyche. Where's he been? Burnley. What? Are they in the championship? All oh, right. Okay. He got them relegated last year, did he? And what did he do? He like battled with them in the Premier League for however many years he was he was at Turf Moor for. I, I, that's what I worry. I, I personally wouldn't mind it at all, but I don't think that appointment particularly inspires those big players. And then I think if you lose them, because they were supposed to be the spine of our team, weren't they? Mm. You know, Agued, Paqueta, Skamaka, three big signings in the summer, which we needed, were supposed to be like, right, this is as we push on to that next level. And it just hasn't happened. And I think you almost need to, which I appreciate it's a bit arse about face way of doing it. You almost need to appoint a manager based on those players. So whether it's Tedesco, whether it's Ruben Amarim, or like Wolves have done, you agree there, Julian Lopetegui, I think it's a great signing. I just think it needs to be someone with a bit more pedigree and a bit more, and I certainly don't think Rafa Benitez or Nuno Espirito Santo fit that mould. Um, yeah, just someone with a bit more pedigree. Otherwise, Jonesy, we just reset the cycle of back to mediocrity again. Because I still, I still think we stay up, mate. Honestly, I, I really do. I, I still think we'll stay up this season. I, I, I can't, and I, I've said it, and I appreciate they might come back and bite me severely. Um, but I will keep saying it because I just refuse to believe that England's centre midfielder, Brazil's centre midfielder, um, Morocco's centre back got to the semi-finals. Uh, Italy's number nine up front. Jared Bowen, who was a wizard, only you know six months ago or whatever it was, couldn't stop scoring. Like We've got some decent football players in that team. You can't tell me that over the course of 19 more games, we won't get more points than Bournemouth, Leeds and Nottingham Forest. Do you know what I mean? Le- Leicester aren't playing particularly well. Things look rotten there as well. I'd argue, so. Like, that's the thing, mate. People are saying Southampton are already gone. We've got the same amount of points mm-hmm. as Southampton. Mm-hmm. And they I mean, yeah, and Everton, we've got the same amount of points as them as well. They are severely pants. People are looking at those two teams going, you two are rubbish. And it's like crisis, clubs, blah, blah, blah. Nathan Jones has come in, still a un- little bit unconvinced about that. I know he's had a couple of good results, as you mentioned, the Everton one in particular. Um, obviously, the, the win in the Cup as well, he seems to be having an impact. I just don't think we'll go down. I just don't think we'll go down. I'm not worried about that. But something still does need to change. Mm. Um, And I am a little bit concerned that I think we, especially if those names we're mentioning, that's just a bit of a reverting back to an acceptance of mediocrity, if if I'm honest. Do you know what I mean? And we just go, uh, okay, so we're not going to build on just the same as we did when we left the Upton Park to go to the London Stadium. We didn't build on that good feeling. We didn't invest again then in in proper decent players to like boom onto the make a big splash at the new ground, did we? We wasted that opportunity. And I just fear, although we've tried with transfers and stuff, because I, you know, it's inarguable about how much people might hate the board. We spent a lot of money on some good signings this summer or some good mm. players. Um, and I, I just fear 
that if we just if we do make the change that is needed and we go with some of those meh signings, that's just a nod and going, yeah, that that little two year flash in the pan was nice, but it's over now. So yeah, let's get back to being twelfth again. Yeah. Um, and I just think I think lots of fans just won't have that, James. I just think that'll be it for a lot of people. I think they go, we were so close, we tasted it, we proved we can do it, but you're not willing to keep that momentum going. Then there will be those, of course, arguing, James, you said, listen to this, but look, the sale of the uh, the club is likely to go through this year. Um, suggestions that David Sullivan's just holding on for that once all the appropriate clauses um, which means I don't have to pay all the, the clauses and fees to, um, you know, associated parties to do with the the Olympic Stadium. Suggestions that Kratinsky will buy the club out over the course of this year and then we may have a new West Ham again and that perhaps the target in the short to midterm, which is probably why a big reason why they don't want to get rid of Moisey, is just keep the wage bill a reasonable, reasonable in the middle, keep the club in the Premier League, just keep ticking over for a bit. Um until such a time when uh, the takeover can go through, which sort of undermines everything we've been talking about. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, yeah, you're right, though. It does feel as if they've gone, oh, that was a bit of fun the last two years. It's like a kind of, yeah, you go on an all expenses paid holiday because you've won it in the competition <laughs> for three weeks in the Bahamas or something, and you're like, well, you, come, you come back and, right, instead of going, right, Got to work so hard so I can be able to afford to do that every single year now. Yeah, pay for myself uh, rather than winning the competition. Winning yeah. the competition. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go back and just kind of just do what I was doing before and go back to it. Tenerife again. Yeah, just keep spending money on entering these competitions in the first place, but not really getting anywhere and kind of just yeah, uh, yeah, ho- yeah. Ho- hope I win another one one day, sort of thing. Yeah. And like, that's even what, that's what it feels like. It feels even like though I've, even though I've cut off the kids' pocket money and told them. That the reason I've done it is so we can save up to go to the Bahamas again. Yeah. Because uh, you really, so I've cut off your pocket money. Yeah. And for anyone wondering, that part of the analogy is the getting moved away from Upton Park. Uh, yeah. So I'm cutting off your pocket money. Uh, we win the trip to the Bahamas. So I'm cut off your pocket money so we can do that again. Uh, and yet I'm still taking you to Tenerife. The kids aren't going to be happy, are they? Do you know what I mean? No, they're going to be livid. Absolutely livid with it. Exactly. Um, yeah, and again, just for anyone wondering, the West Ham fans are the kids in this analogy. <laughs> yeah, yeah just, throw, just constantly throwing tantrums. Uh, yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, look, Josie, I mean, we've we've gone a bit, um, I, sort of, I, I think it's okay. We've gone down, uh, this is a 37-minute intro to the podcast. It just feels at the moment we're at a place in, in the, the timeline of the club, Jonesy, where dissecting individual parts of a one nil defeat away at Wolves no. pales into insignificance really just as I know normally we talk about selections and tactics and you know goals and referee decisions and all that sort of thing more the the game to game minutiae uh, but it feels like an appropriate time to to look a bit bigger picture at West Ham we are trying to sort out an Everton opposition view this week proving a little bit difficult at the moment um, so you may have something uh, in the podcast a little bit uh, or after this after this section. Just briefly then, Jonesy, um, hopefully we, we get something sorted for Everton that, that they'll hear next um, before the, the, the listeners will hear next, before uh, we wrap up for another week. Just the Wolves game, um, obviously was was a 1-0 defeat. 
I mean, the goal, the goal wasn't as bad. The, the goal was annoying because the only bad bit, in my opinion, of Wolves' goal was our corner. Yeah, it came and, from our corner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But what I will say, you know, um, the, the corner in was terrible. So Daniel Pedence scored three minutes into the second half to give Wolves that one nil win. What I will say is the, the corner from us was terrible. I think it was Jared Bowen that took it. Absolutely terrible. Barely like got over the near post. Declan Rice goes for it and just bottles it and doesn't really make a proper attempt to go for the ball and win the ball. And I genuinely think Wolves then break and everyone goes, oh, it's so annoying. Uh, but blah, blah, blah. But it was a really good break. That like All of their passes were spot on where they you'd want them to be as you're breaking. West Ham's positioning as they were retreating wasn't too terrible. Obviously, there's an element of being sort of a little bit out of sorts because you're retreating from an attacking corner. West Ham's positioning wasn't too terrible and the they get a massive stroke of luck at the end when it deflects off Cresswell and falls into Pedence's path and he smashes it in the bottom corner with a really good finish. I don't think it's as drastic and terrible as people are making out. A 1-0 defeat, again, it isn't awful. But have you have you sort of got any brief thoughts generally on, on the Wolves game? Um, you know, what, what what do you feel about that in general? No, I just I just feel like, yeah, you're right with your description of their goal. It's come from our corner, which is frustrating. Yeah, um, but they they played well. Uh, they executed they, that. It was it was well. a good counter attack, um, and in, in anybody could finish fine. Like you can see goals like that every now and then. Um, my my the bigger issue I have is that we just still just don't really look like scoring goals. Uh, mm. Last season, Antonio was up front, mate. We were scoring That's for fun it. last season, and like Bowen was scoring loads of goals, and Antonio was chipping in. And but now was he? we just was he? I think he scored ten last year, maybe ten or eleven. But like, we're not getting that at the moment. Like, not even Bowen's doing doing anything. And that's my issue. Like the final third, it's been my issue for months. Final third play, it's just been so woeful. And I don't know. I don't know how because we've got Brazil's number eight knocking about in that in that team. Like we've got a full thirty-five million pound Italian number nine knocking about in the squad. Can't score goals. What's going on? <laughs> the last was it? The last three goals you scored. Um, one one being a penalty, Paquetta's at Leeds, and then the other two have been outside the box with Benrahma at Brentford and Skamaka at Leeds. Yeah. So, like, our play into the box and getting crosses into the box and finishing them and even counter-attacking, not even doing that well. No. Um, it just, it's really poor, and that's my issue, and it's the same against Wolves. Just, you go one nil down and you, you expect just to see a little bit more from the players, go, right, let's get back into this, and we saw that at Leeds. Uh, but that's the only time we've really seen it. Um, so, yeah, that, that's all I've really got to say about the Wolves yeah, game. Just, like, yeah. just, just try and score some goals, boys. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's yeah. what you paid for, paid for. Like, the defenders, the paid to stop them going in. And the yep. forwards are, and the midfielders, like, just paid to score them and they're not doing it jobs. It's just so annoying. Mate, I, I, I totally agree. And you know what? This week, I can't even be bothered. Like, you know, I know everyone was absolutely up in arms because Ben Rama didn't start the game. 
13 goals in 47 games, Antonio, last season. It's not oh. even one in. It's not even one in three for a to centre be fair, forward. To be fair, that's not bad for uh, because he was our only striker. What do you mean that's not bad? Like it's every, not even bear, one goal in every three bear games. In mind, bear, bear in mind, at this stage of his career, the guy plays ten minutes and he's already knackered. <laughs> he's played forty-seven games in a season. He's managed to get thirteen goals. Let's not knock him for that because most of those goals would have come when he's literally got no energy left. He's absolutely ruined <laughs> after five um, minutes. After five minutes, you see him running about. He's absolutely mullered. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He can barely walk. Bless him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, look, Jonesy, um, trying to sort out an Everton opposition view, so you might hear that next. Um, that's pretty much, I hope you don't mind the slightly different format this week. We just felt it was that. That's sort of how it feels supporting West Ham at the moment. It's important. It's, it's bigger picture time rather than my new shy of a, of a 1-0 defeat at Wolverhampton Wanderers. So stay with us because you'll hopefully have an Everton, Everton opposition view next. Then some final thoughts from Jonesy and me. Hi, JJ. I uh, hope yourself and everyone that are involved with the podcast are well. Um, not a lot's changed, really, uh, from an Everton standpoint since we beat you guys at Goodison back in October. Uh, after that, two league wins since then. Uh, we're without a winning eight. Um, really, uh, really not going to plan this season. Obviously, we had a narrow escape last season. Everyone fully thought that we'd, you know, stabilise a little bit, brought some players in. Uh, in, in, in actual fact, we've gone backwards. Um, yeah, losing Richarlison and not replacing him um, has, you know, has a, has a detrimental effect on the on the team as a whole. I think uh, we don't look like we could we're going to score. Um, yeah, it's just it's been a really torrid time of late. To be totally honest with you, um, obviously tough games against yourself coming up on the weekend, which we'll we'll move on to. But after that, Arsenal at home, then the derby against Liverpool. Uh, not too sure where our next win is going to come from. Um, which isn't ideal, obviously. Like I say, you know, last season was um, was awful, really. Um, I mean, I'm only 25. I've started to go bald, um, and I think that's down to the stress of um, of last season. But yeah, as a whole, it's just not being good enough. The players don't seem to be giving their all. Uh, we're conceding sloppy, sloppy, needless goals that really so avoidable. Southampton on the weekend, for example. Um, you know, Ward Prowse has just been allowed to waltz in the midfield into the box and slot home. And then Anthony Gordon bringing down whoever it was for them uh, to give them a penalty. Needless, didn't need to give the free kick away. Three points gone. Um, massive game that was as well. Southampton now level on points with us. The opportunity to move six clear of them. Um, it's just, yeah, I think obviously um, as a whole, it's just doom and gloom around Everton at the moment. Uh, I think Lampard should should really have gone uh, after the Wolves game at Christmas. I was there for that, uh, you know, conceding 95th minute against Wolves, um, lowest scorers in the league at the time. And the and the goal, you know, the goal that went in, it was uh, it, it was just so poor. Um, the way, you know, basically we just seemed to be throwing points away left, right, and centre. And I don't know. I just I don't see what I don't see how Lampard can get us out of it. To be honest, I don't think he's well equipped to still be, um, you know, to deal with these sort of situations that we find ourselves in at the moment. Um, so in my opinion. You know, he should have gone earlier. He definitely should have gone by now. Um, I think everyone's a bit baffled as to how he's still in the job. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on Lampard, obviously. Likeable fella, um, you know, kind of built up a bit of a a bit of a relationship with the fans and with the fan base as a whole, really. Everyone seems to like him, but unfortunately, it's just not worked out. So, the sooner he's gone, the better. Um, yeah, can't really see where we're going to get a win from, especially while he's still in charge. 
Um, and then, yeah, obviously off the back of the Southampton game or prior to the Southampton game, the uh, the Everton board of directors were told not to attend. Um, and in te- attend they didn't. No one there from from the um, from the Everton directors, which was pretty depressing to be honest, and made for grim reading. Um, I think as an Everton fan, you know, I've known uh, Bill Kenwright should have gone. He's seventy-seven now. He should have gone years ago. Um, still involved with the club, still clinging on to some sort of desperate attempt to say that he, you know, he's brought success or he's done something by getting the stadium over the line with Mashiri. Should have been gone ten years ago. Um, yeah, not nice scenes. Obviously, I don't condone any of that sort of behaviour. Um, threatening. You know, be it obviously, but at the end of the day, everyone's entitled to their opinion. And uh, ultimately, if you've got a board that don't really, um, you know, Mashiri only seems to want to speak to Jim White on Talk Sport. So, um, yeah, that's if that's our only line of conversation, then we are doomed. But yeah, uh, and then obviously the unsavory scenes after the game as well. Um, again, fans rightly annoyed at the performance and another another home game that we've lost. Uh, lost four home games in a row for the first time since the 60s. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, Goodison was a fortress. I think we lost once all season, uh, a couple of, well, five, six years ago. Uh, it's just three points up for grabs for whoever comes now. So, yeah, um, don't agree with players being locked in, blocked into the stadium and then chased down by fans, but... That's the sorry state of affairs that we're in at the moment, to be totally honest with you. Um, so, yeah, I can't can't really see how it's going to change. Um, and that kind of takes me on to this Saturday's game. I think um, if you were playing anyone else other than Everton this weekend, Moisey probably would have been sacked at the weekend for you boys as well. Uh, another defeat for you guys, not in great form either, but I can't see it going any other way than a, uh, a West Ham win on the weekend, unfortunately. Um, we are just no confidence... No real plan. Doesn't really seem to know what he's doing, Frank. And um, yeah, I think it should be uh, should be easy pickings for you boys. Um, and then yeah, off the back of that, I presume you um, that will give you the boost needed to start picking up points. I think you know you in particular should be nowhere near this um, this end of the table. You've got some real class in the team, the likes of Paqueta. Um, you know, big fan of him. Um, you know, it, 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 it's a shame really because we're both two, you know, two massive clubs, and um, it's a it's a sorry time for both of us. But I think yeah, this weekend I really really can't see it going uh, any other way than a West Ham win. Um, my official prediction will be one-one because I'd never put us down to lose. But uh, yeah, I really uh, I can't see it going any other way, mate. But um, yeah, enjoy the game and uh, and hopefully we'll catch up soon. Well, Jonesy, there you have it. Different show this week, but that is the main and number one talking point. Worth noting, by the way, that uh, David Moyes has done an interview with Stephen Bartlett, which has come out literally just dropped as we started recording this. So if you've watched that and wondering why we haven't mentioned anything about it, um, an interview at length with Stephen Bartlett that Moyes done. He says he's not afraid of being sacked. Uh, sort of outlined these plans for a new West Ham. A little bit jarring. But Jonesy and I will be watching that um, over the next couple of days. And uh, yeah, either either reacting to that in a, with a separate pod later this week or we'll obviously we'll chat about it on next week's show when you'd expect uh, some... Well, you'd I don't know if you would expect, but you'd hope some developments have been made I just don't think that's going to happen now I don't think there is going to be a change before Saturday's home game against Everton 3pm at the London Stadium Jonesy 
we've done the, the general situation to death now uh, across 40 minutes or so on the podcast this week. Uh, thoughts ahead of the, the Everton game? How do you think it's going to play out? Assuming Moises is still in charge, how do you think it's going to play out? What's the score going to be? Um, you know, just well, to I briefly mentioned it last week to, from, from Everton's side. I was hoping that they might get a result against Southampton. Just, just so that Lampard was still there, I think they could give us a better, better chance. But then they lost at home to them. Mm. He's still there as we speak. But <laughs> I mean, the, the, the only comforting thing is, is that the way Everton's run at the moment, you don't even trust them to make a decision before the game. No, the only man in England walking thinner ice than David Moyes. Yeah, it? I mean, I mean, I've seen videos. El Sakiko, isn't it? This weekend, it is. El Sakiko, it is. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a massive game for both clubs and both managers. Um, like the fact that you're seeing some of their players being chased down the street after the game in Merseyside, um, like those fans aren't happy, and I'm, I'm, like they're protesting, and we've been in a similar boat. Um, both clubs, you know, just both just not being run very well in certain areas, and um, from a managerial point of view, you would have thought by now both clubs were made a change, and they haven't. But it, it's a it's a it's a classic six pointer, this, isn't it? I think. Mm. It's an absolute classic six-pointer. I I just don't see anything other than three points for us. Oh, um, and do, you know, do you know why I say that? Do you know why I say that? Because I think in a game a game like this, I think it's going to help the players to have the fans there. Yeah, sixty thousand of us there. Um, and I I remember a few seasons ago. That was about four years ago. I think we played Southampton at home and we desperately needed a win. I can't remember who was in charge. It might have been Pellegrini. Mm. Um, and we won 3-0. And it was one of these sort of games where you got to win. Yeah. I think we won 3-0 or something. And like, just the atmosphere, just the crowd were up from, from the beginning because it was such a big game. Um, and I get, I've just got this feeling it's going to be like that on Saturday. Like, the crowd are going to be up for it, knowing that obviously if we, if we, if we lose, then he's got to have gone. Um, and we're in a lot of trouble but if we win it's a it's a lifeline <laughs> we're still in a lot of trouble yeah it's yeah. a lifeline one thing i didn't say earlier actually is that uh, i don't even know what they're trying to achieve by keeping him in place just for one more game because regardless of whether we what happens against everton like the fixtures we've got in february we're still going to be in the same boat by the end of no, february no exactly mate so yeah, we get three totally. points play another another like huge Battle against Nottingham Forest at the end of the month. Yeah, no, no. yeah. It's like you know, if you've got you get three points. You're like, oh, brilliant! We're at the top. We're at the bottom three. But by February, we're back in the bottom three because you've got to play Newcastle and God knows who else. Yeah. Yeah. Tottenham and Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. It's like, come on, Tottenham. Well, we might be Chelsea to be fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. To be fair, both of those teams are terrible at the moment. But yeah, right. Listen, come on, then, Jonesy. I want two predictions from you. Score against Everton. Um, Actually, I'll have three predictions from you. Score against Everton. Uh, who's going to replace Moyes if he gets sacked? Where West Ham going to finish this season? Quick fire. Oh, okay, we're going to win 2 0 against Everton. Right. Uh, where those two goals come from, I've, I don't know. God knows. No. Cut of, cut of bring Alf, big Alphonse off the bench. Yeah, yeah. 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 Of Jordan yeah. Pickford own goals. Um, yeah. Who's going to replace him? Uh, going to go Sean Dyche, I know. Um, much it worries me and where are we yeah. going to finish 15th 
Yeah, mate. Um, I'll work for back to front. We're definitely going to finish 15th, 100%. You're correct there. We're going to appoint Nuno Spirito Santo. Um, and I'll be so, so, so underwhelmed. Um, and we are, you know what? I'm going to share in your optimism just because it would be nice to see us win, even though we will still be in trouble because of the February fixtures. But I'm going to copy you again. I'll back you for a 2 0 win. It'd be nice. Um, if we were the club to uh, to get Frank Lampard sacked, wouldn't it? I know a lot of oh, the fans yeah. would enjoy that one. Um, yeah, there we have it, Jonesy. That's it for another week from me and James. Hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Something a little bit different. Don't forget, you can follow us on socials at we are underscore West Ham on Twitter. I'm at William Pugh underscore. Jonesy's at by James Jones. We're on Instagram at we are West Ham pod. Search on our YouTube for us on YouTube. We are West Ham podcast. Do the same thing on Facebook if you so wish. YouTube's the one, though. If you're going to do anything, go on YouTube. And you can buy us a pint if you want at buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestam. I appreciate every time I say that every week. It should be buymeapint.com slash wearewestam, but it isn't. It's buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestam. If you fancy buying me and Jonesy a beer, you can do that over there. It's all very grim and bleak at West Ham United at the moment. It feels, even among the more pragmatic fans such as I was going to say Jonesy and I, such as myself, that it's time for a change to be made. But what I would insist everyone does is remember what David Moyes has done for this club, whether he goes this week or next or whether he doesn't at all. You've got to remember what he's done for this club. He's conducted himself in a superb fashion with the utmost respect and dignity in both his spells at West Ham United. And he gave us the most magical memories last year. That man deserves our respect. Whatever happens, albeit a change should probably be made within the next week or two. Keep the faith, everyone. I know it's difficult. I'm struggling as much as you are, trust me. But don't worry, Everton at home this weekend, Frank Lampard will surely do us a favour. Don't forget, West Ham is still massive. Up the hammers and we'll see you next week. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.